Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole circle thing off. Help me, it's the move. We knock out. Let's go. Don't play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got an excuse tonight, Roy? To another edition of the Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. My name is Quincy, and this is my podcast. And we're going to get down with some NFL discussion, of course, maybe a little NCAA football talk as well. But before I let you do all that, let me give you information on where you can find the show. If this is your first time listening, you just happen to stumble across me. Uh, you can find the show at anchor.fm forward slash. 15 yards, because that's what you get as far as a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, okay? And I also have a podcast over at TalkToQ.com, the Talk to Q radio show has been running since 2011. Go check it out. We have a discussion about the presidential race going on uh, Wednesday night. So you'll be able to check that out if you're interested to discuss what happened in the election. But in the meantime, we're going to hear from a few sponsors and get started with the show. Can you blame me podcast? Everybody got a podcast. Your mama, my mama, your nosy neighbor, dogs, cats, your roaches. But guess what? You ain't heard one like this. So look, tune in every Monday for a new episode. Can You Blame Me podcast. Check it out now. Every Monday. Available on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and of course, Anchor FM. Y'all tune in, man. We got something to say. You can order a Domino's pizza, go out and buy a gun, come back and beat your pizza to your house. I think there's something wrong with that. I think the system is messed up if you're able to do that. The Hardworking Podcast, a little bit of cars and so much more available wherever you typically download your podcasts. All right, we'll get started. First, we got news going on in Tampa Bay. It looks like they've officially activated Antonio Brown from the suspended list today. Um, Bruce Arians said that Brown will play in Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints, which is a battle for first place. 
and it said um, he can play anywhere between, you know, it could be 10 plays, could be 35 plays, but he says he doesn't anticipate him playing a full game. Now, they, sound, they signed AB to a one-year deal with a base salary of $750,000, so that's pretty safe. Now, they have incentives that can push the value up to $2.5 million, but, I mean, if he hits those incentives, then he deserves them, okay? He just finished up an eight-game suspension. However, he still has a pending um, legal case going on, which could, you know, result in, in jail time if things go bad with that. So we don't know how long he's going to actually play. His um, other court case, I believe, is in early December. So if he gets in any type of trouble regarding that, then he could be, you know, finds himself, Tampa Bay could find themselves without him during crunch time, you know, right before the playoffs. But, I mean, this is a guy, he's a seven-time pro bowler, has over 11,000 yards and 75 touchdowns. He's still one of the best route runners out there, despite having played in a year and a half. So we'll look to see what happens. Let me go to the phones to the, 732 the holiday ray up in jersey ray what's up man hey what's up q how you doing i'm doing well bro and talking about right. tampa bay activating receiver antonio brown man i i think like the rich gets richer on this one i think antonio brown can only come in and and play well i think he can really be a go-to guy for tom brady yeah i mean ab to me is still the best wide receiver in the league I mean, we hadn't seen him play in a while, but we all know he's going to come in shape. We all know he can play. I mean, so I I think he's going to be a great weapon for him. But I just kind of don't like the way Tampa Bay is going about business. You know, they're trying to build a super team. And I, I have yet to see a super team winning football. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, but you know I almost got the the pull for the Steelers to stay in it because we need somebody that's gonna hit them guys, and they had a they have enough offense and they surely got enough defense to keep them guys in check. We need somebody to hold that seventh ring down. Cause you get that seventh ring, they're gonna be trying to say you're the greatest athlete of all time and shit like that. So I mean I know that it's it's uh. They got a good shot. They got a good team. They got good young receivers as well. And we saw a few of them last night. I mean, Jadon was been playing about six years, I think. But you know, Tyler Johnson and guys like that, they they uh they really uh they they really appear to be good. Now, you know, who really knows? Kind of like when them guys was playing with Peyton Manning that, you know, we'll see what they look like if they don't have somebody that they playing with a lot of confidence with. But, yeah, I think A.B. can really help them get over that hump. I would have rather seen him at Seattle. But, you know, I understand the circumstance. You know, if he's breaking everything, going to go smooth for him as far as on the end with the NFL. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him back. Buck, what's happening, man? Uh, what's up, man? What's up, Eminem? What to do? Hey, what's going on, dog? Okay, so Buck, you have uh, you know experience being a Florida, I mean, being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. As far as Antonio Brown is concerned, man, do you think he still has what it takes to make Tampa Bay even more of a threat out there in the NFC? 
Well, you know, I have no doubt that Antonio Brown still has it. I mean, this is a man that, I mean, his work, the way he works out is just phenomenal. Um, he, he really, he's never really stopped working out. I mean, you can see his workout videos online. I mean, he, he really kind of stuck with it, you know, trying to stay in shape until somebody calls him. Um, the only thing, you know, and I want to see the guy play again. I don't, it's not because, you know, I don't want to see – anytime you have a football player, and I don't care what team he plays for, and there are certain players that you just want to see do well. Now, I know he's been kind of a mockery at the NFL the last few years, last couple of years, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, trying to get traded, you know, getting traded out of Pittsburgh, going to the Raiders and fucking over the Raiders and then getting in trouble when he gets, he gets to uh, New England. But generally you want to see, you know, in America you want to see somebody come back. The only thing that I, I'm concerned about is his mental state, you know. Was that hit on, that Burfitt put on him really do him in? You know, has he really gotten his life together? You know, because beyond football, it's about life. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with, I mean, I have no doubt what he can, his talents on the field. That could have, could have, have, could they have fallen off a little bit? Well, certainly. He hadn't played in a while. So it's going to be a little bit of rush there. But I want to see him generally do well. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't wish no bad luck on anybody. So I want to see what he does. I just pray that his mental state is is intact. He still has some legal hurdles that he's gonna have to ch- you know take care of. I mean, he's nowhere out of the woods yet. You know, there's still maybe some some instances you know that he has to face that where he might get some suspensions. Maybe not this year, but next year he's already been suspended eight games. So we'll see what he does. But we also are gonna see what he does against the New Orleans Saints next week because really that's the division until. Bacon flew around and beat him, and the Saints pretty much whooped their behind the first time. So we'll see what happens this coming week. That's going to be the game of the week, really, to see what's going on. But the AB will be back. But I want to see him do well. See, you know, just pray that his mental state and his legal affairs are in check. All right. And so Eminem, Tampa Bay, Mike Evans, Godwin. A.B., Gronk, and we know Seattle's defense is not all that great. You know, I mean, they play in spots, but, you know, right now they're back, they're back seven. I mean, they're back four aren't really playing that well right now. Um, so if they have a collision course, can Russell Wilson outgun Tom Brady with all those options that Brady has? Eminem? I wasn't still on mute, was it? Okay. No. What about now? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, you got me. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, he definitely can outgun him, man. Because, um, like I say, you know, what, what Brady has done, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not even talking about the past. That speaks for itself. Even this year, coming back and going to a new team, new system, and, you know, still being, uh, you know, overall still in the top, tier of quarterbacks, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, Russell, I mean, Russell is really into his own right now. Matter of fact, that whole Seattle team is, uh, is, 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 uh, is, is marching to one beat, so to speak. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to 
see them meet, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get the image of uh, the Giants game out of my head. Uh, I, I don't know. If, if they play like that, they don't have a chance against Seattle. Of course, I know that's one game and all that stuff, but I don't know, though. They they <laughs> If you were a team to me that looked like you ready to beat um, Seattle in a meaningful game that, that means something, uh, especially going to the uh, Super Bowl or, the, uh, or, or, the, or lasting another week in the playoffs. What I saw Monday didn't look like that type of team. It looked like a team loaded with talent. It looked like a lot of teams that had uh, some, uh, you know, spectacular athletes, but they still seemed to be kind of, I don't know, still putting it together. Defensively, they look real good. Matter of fact, they actually look better on defense than they do offense. Offense is just that they got they so loaded that they'll have somebody that uh, do something, so you'll kind of forget about the two plays that just happened. But outside of that kind of stuff, you know, I would still favor Seattle in a meaningful game. And then as far as, you know, as far as A.B., uh, like I say, I, I think Tiampa, you know, I know he really has a good relationship with Brady, I'm assuming, but other than that, I think that was the worst place he could go because, you know, to be a superior athlete like that and to have to play a role like uh, Edelman or somebody like that where one week you hot, next week, um, you know, it might be Mike Evans we going to. I just don't know if mentally he's that type of guy. I, I think he uh, I think he wants to be the man, and he should be the man, but he can't be the man with that much going on. But you know, you know, maybe he's settled into a role like that. But you know, if if you're one of these guys that uh, that wanna eventually uh, surpass, you know, somebody ahead of you or whatever, then if you're that type of guy, you definitely don't want to go to Tampa. So I was really surprised at that. You know, of course, I guess with the, all the stuff going on with him, he might not have a choice. But uh, I think uh, Seattle or, or, or Green Bay or or, uh, um, or, or even New Orleans would have been better than Tampa. But, you know, we'll see. All right. And so switch gears to the NCAA football. And, Ray, the University of Wisconsin has 27 cases of COVID on their team right now. I think tw- I think 15 of them are players and the other – our staff. This is Wisconsin ranked number 10 in the country for whatever reason that's based on one game. So they had to cancel their upcoming game against Purdue. They just canceled their game against Nebraska uh, last week where they had 12 cases. Now they're up to 27. Man, what can be done now, Ray? Because at some point you got to have a team play a certain amount of games in order to qualify for a Big Ten championship or a possible playoff berth, man. So you think the Big Ten should be concerned right now because they didn't really leave any room for any bye weeks and stuff like that. They got to get these games in. Yeah, well, I think they have a little wiggle room because they usually have the whole month of December off, especially when you're playing for a big bowl, but most most of the time. But – um. But being that they start late, they don't have too much wiggle room. At least the Big Ten doesn't. I, I just think that you know these college kids, it's hard to convince them to change their behavior. 
They still want to go to parties. They still want to drink. They still want to hang out. And, you know, they ain't nothing but a lot of hugging and, you know, just a lot of people being close together. And, you know, they young. They they in shape and everything else. The likelihood of them actually having a bad effect is slim to none. But at the same time, it's possible. But you know how it is when you're in college, you know, you're going to be thinking with the wrong head every time, almost. I don't care what you're taking up in school, if you're playing sports and, you know, and a lot of women and stuff around, you're going to just make bad decisions. Now, it doesn't seem like a bad decision because, you know, you having your cake, ice cream, and and for a full course meal, so you just don't feel like, you know, the risk outweighs the reward. So that's what I think a lot of it is with these college students, man. They just, you know, they still living their life. You know, uh, some guys is single. They trying to do everything they can. You know, menage trois and dating several girls at the same time and stuff like that, and that's a recipe for disaster right now. So, you know, I don't know what the coaches could say because guys don't feel like they're putting other people in danger by their behavior. And, you know, what can you say? I mean, this is a season of football, especially in college. It's sort of bogus, but we're glad to see sports anyway because you never have so many teams that got to miss games and players got to miss games and all that kind of stuff. So it's really nothing to say, but I think if you're in the Big Ten, you only play seven games and stuff like that, that should disqualify you from a, a lot of stuff that can't come up like the, the – uh, college playoffs. So I don't know. But money talks, you know, as long as you money's big schools, you know, they gon' they gonna bend it for them anyway. So not to say we agree with it. We glad to have sports, but at the same time it just it just feels like even the rankings in college, it just looks bogus. Some teams you hadn't seen up there in twenty years they using the rankings. So what can we do but take whatever sports we can get? I'll definitely take it. And, but Buck, what do you think, man? I mean, Clemson is 7-0, and and Wisconsin is 1-0. and I mean, how can these teams compare when they've got a six-game difference? I mean, if Wisconsin plays five games and they go 5-0 and and win the Big Ten and Clemson, you know, goes 11-0 and and wins the ACC, I mean, does Wisconsin have a right to be in a playoff against a team that played that many more games? I mean, that's what the bowl the the bowl people are gonna have to figure out. Um, in order, this is what I will say on this: Wisconsin is gonna have to play the equivalent of eleven games and five games if that's all they play. So, let's say that they play the big teams. Now, I don't know what's on their schedule because I have not looked. But this is essentially what Wisconsin is going to have to do. They're going to have to play, 
Alabama, and I'm just using these teams as examples. So don't you know people that's listening don't freak out. You're gonna have to play Alabama. You're gonna have to play. Um, we just say Oklahoma. Let's say these, and I'm gonna say these teams like they're undefeated. And some of them are, some of them may not be. So I'm gonna say Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan, and we'll just throw USC in there. Okay, and you're gonna have to play the toughest schedule in order so you can get ranked or get bowl eligible or whatever, you know, so you can get the votes that you need. And not only are you going to have to play those teams, you have to blow them out, you know, because in college, running up the score is important. You know, if you're playing some, you're playing some Rudy Poot-ass team, then you should blow them out off the planet. You know, you have to do like Clemson does and run up 70 points. Now, you know, you play in Alabama – and you beat these jokers by 14 points or beat them by 21 points, and then, you know, you got to, you know, you got to blow out these big teams as well. So, you know, depending on what, you know, how they get their scheduling or whatever, they're going to have to put, you know, since they got a short schedule, you're going to have to play the toughest teams in order to be, you know, considered to play for the national championship or be in that final four, so to speak, team playing the national championship. How did they get that done? You know, you got to talk to people that they're scheduling this stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. But that's what's equivalent is what they're going to have to happen is that when they do get rid of all these COVID cases and be able to, you know, get out there and play, they're going to have to play the biggest teams on the planet just so they can get recognized or get, you know, get considered for the national championship. So Eminem, um, I know Nebraska was supposed to play Wisconsin, um, you know, back on back last week, and they weren't right. able to. The game got canceled because of COVID and all that stuff. And Nebraska was wanting to like reschedule because they were of the mindset of, well, hey, you know, since we can't play, let us go somewhere else. And I can't remember what school it was they were. Excuse me, they were trying to schedule. Uh, oh, I don't remember what school it was. It was some small school, like Austin PA or something like that. And I think the Big Ten was kind of upset about that. But, I mean, if they can secure another game, shouldn't they be able to, to keep playing? Yeah. I mean, they they definitely should. Uh, I mean, because, see, it's almost like, okay, like if, if the whole bowl system wasn't based on hypocrisy, then – them not wanting Nebraska to schedule a game or something might be like, okay. But, okay, if you don't want them to schedule a game, but clearly the rankings and everything else is primarily based on who can draw the biggest crowd and TV revenue and all that. Hey, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just don't like the way they try to come off like it's like it's not about money, you know. So, um, but, yeah, Nebraska, I mean, see, that's the thing. Like, if, if they were going to vote to go ahead and, and proceed and and uh, renege on what they originally decided to do for the Big Ten and and play, well, how can you do anything in the COVID era and not be flexible? So being flexible might mean letting the team uh, schedule or reschedule when normally in the past you don't do something like that. So that's that's kind of you know that's kind of uh, that's kind of bad on the on the all the decision makers involved because 
if you if you if you agree to play if you agree to do anything in 2020 and, and not having a some alternate options and some what if scenarios and all that, then you I mean it's it's pointless. You got to do that in 2020. I, I don't all think right. the big deal is, you know. Okay. Yeah, because they so, they players need reps. They need they need they players need reps. All right, so I, I think that they should be allowed to to play, man. That's just how I look at it. They should be allowed to go ahead and play whoever's available. I don't care if it's Millsaps College. Let them guys get out there and <laughs> and, and run some plays. And right. you know, try to do that stuff. Do that. Stuff. Oh my! I had a flashback. <laughs> so. All right, so um, I wanted to talk one more thing about about college football, and it's mainly about the the, the rich getting richer, okay? And when it comes to five-star athletes, I mean, Alabama tends to dominate and get a bunch of five-star athletes. I mean, that's just how it goes. Like, uh, I want to say, like, back in 2016, they had – like eight more five-star athletes than anybody else. And I'm trying to find the exact numbers. I can't find the report. They had a report that I think there were like 54 five-star athletes that came out last year in football. And I want to say the SEC has like, I don't know, like 20-something of them. And then Alabama has a majority of them. And so it's like one of those things where the rich gets gets richer and so, Ray, when it comes to recruiting, do you think it would be fair to put a cap on five-star athletes, or should it just be, hey, if, if they want to come to my school, let them come and just let my school keep getting bigger? Well, it, it, it would be hard to do that because everybody has the right to, to pick the school that they want to go to, especially if they qualify to go there. You can't be a five-star recruit. You say, well, I want to go to Alabama. Well, we've got three already. We can't take you in because that would be a problem. And in America, it's always people want more of everything. And can you imagine if Alabama loses the national championship and then the other guy that they wanted to come to their school that wasn't allowed, man, these guys are tearing stuff up down there. And you know, it'd be all those type of problems. See, I'm not convinced that a lot of these coaches are good coaches. I think they got more horses than everybody else. And everybody, well, you know, the guy gets his ass tore up now, you know, most he win one out of every five or six years, oh, he this and he that. But if you got all these horses and you can't win with all these horses, you got to kind of question, are they as good as they say they are, you know, I like to see coaches take a team that is an underdog and turn those guys into winners. And, you know, but if I'm stacked up here and I everywhere you look, we got, you know, Hall of Famers or we got guys that are five-star recruits, I got the best guard, the best tackle, the best running back, uh, the best tight end, I got the best linebacker, I got the best safety. And all these guys are going to be first and second round picks. Now, what type of coaching are you really doing? Yeah, you collected all the money while you got the college students out here broke because they can't take no money 
And then, you know, it's just a farmhouse for talent. I'm never be against guys going to get the money because as soon as you can get it, you should go get it. But the way that they coaching right now, a lot of these guys got a name and a rep at these big schools, and people are just going to come to them, and you tell me how they're going to lose schools such as Alabama that have 11, 12, 15 guys going to the league in one year, and then they fill them up with five-star recruits the very next year. So you tell me how they're going to lose, you know, and when they do lose, whose fault is it? Is it yours? Because you get all the glory when they win. So, yeah, I mean, it's really not a fair situation, but nothing you could do about too much money involved. So, you know, even if we do feel like that's not right, it'll happen anyway because too much money involved. All right. Buck, what do you think, man? Like, Buck, in the in the Big Ten, Ohio State has 14 five-star recruits. The mm-hmm. only other team in the Big Ten that has more than one is Michigan, and they only have two. Mm-hmm. Penn State only has one. Michigan State doesn't have any. Wisconsin only has one. So, I mean, what do you think about it, Buck? Do you think it's fair, or should they put a, a cap? on five-star recruits? Well, you got to look at it, how the schools perform traditionally. Um, and that's the reason why you get five-star recruits in the first place. It depends on a few key factors. Um, who's coaching them, um, the notoriety of the school. Um, I'm quite sure if you play football and go to college, you, there's certain – NFL scouts to kind of hang out at those schools on a consistent basis watching the game. So that plays a key role in that. So I really don't think you can put a cap on it. Um, you know, and also what plays a role in it is whether your folks went there or not. I know that doesn't, that doesn't really hold any weight as much as it used to, but it still does to a point. Um, especially if you're in it, you know, if you NFL, you know, you're a son of an NFL player you know, certain schools. Now, not every NFL son, you know, that, you know, they don't all go to the same school. They may go to a different school, you know, but some of them kind of follow the path that their parents, you know, played. If they played at Ohio State, you know, if they if their parents met at Ohio State, they kind of want to go to Ohio State. They may, it may not have anything to do with anything else other than that. But some of those things play – a role into whether these kids decide that's where they want to go. But I don't think you could put a cap on it. I just think you just, it, it is what it is. And, you know, the kids should be able to make a choice wherever they want to go. And it's their football career if they want to take it further. So they should be able to choose. And, I mean, in recent years, it's been Alabama. In recent years, it's Ohio State, Clemson. I mean, it ain't Nebraska and Oklahoma in USC and Miami like it used to be in our time coming up. Now it's, you know, that's kind of flip-flopped a little bit. You know, you now you're looking at, you know, you're looking at, you know, these teams that I mentioned before those. So it really should be left up to the kid. They shouldn't really put a cap on it. But the other schools, in order them to rise up and, and get to where some of these other teams, some of these other teams are, they got to do better recruiting. Um, you know, people want to go to winners. Because the teams that's winning big, that's the schools that's going to get the get the NFL scouts to come out and watch certain players. 
And if you want to get a five-star recruit, then you got to get a five-star coach. And the coach, and the coaching, the coach that you get has to be able to put a staff together to make winners. And that's what it really comes down to. And you got to have you may you, you may be a mediocre coach, but you might have to you got you have to go. It takes a team to build a team, is what I'm trying to say. And in order to build a team, you got to have the right people around you. And in order to get them damn recruits, you got to put the people in place to say, you know, to be able to go to those, you know, kids' houses and say, this is the reason you need to be playing for Michigan. This is the reason why you need to be playing for Miami or whatever school you decide to go. And it's up to them to sell themselves so you can get that five-star recruit. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, but Eminem, look at the the conference like the the AAC. They have one five star recruit committed, and that's to Old Dominion out of all out of all places. And uh, real quick, who can tell me the, the mascot for Old Dominion? Oh man, I know it's some kind of like little little colonial right? dude, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Say what, Ray? Is it a lion? Nope. Nah, that's oh, a, that's almost like one of the Muppets. You like that old anybody, man on the Muppet show? <laughs> and can anybody tell me where Old Dominion is located? Ain't it Maryland? Old Dominion is located in Norfolk, Virginia, and okay. you, you on the you on the right track, Eminem. The the mascot is, is the Monarchs. Yeah, yeah. Cause when I first saw it, I thought it was like uh, a spoof of Colonel Reb, uh years ago. I said, "Damn, what is that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. mean, I mean, Eminem. So why does why are these teams even playing, man? I mean, they know they don't have an opportunity to make it to any type of playoff or anything. They're gonna get like the the tidy bowl or something to participate in. And that's gonna be it. What's the point of them even playing? They can't compete with the Alabamas and Georgias and all those other schools. Well, that, that's the point. They 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 can't compete. But the thing is, um, a lot of bowls play pay more money than a lot of people think. Like uh, like one in our region that's not really that big of a, you know, it's definitely not in the in the category of nothing nationwide. But like the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, I mean, I forgot how much teams get for going to that. I think it's damn near close to a million dollars. I mean, so. Um, that goes a long way in an athletic budget. Uh, now, you don't have the extra money to, to pay players like like uh, like you know Alabama and some of these other schools. But you know, going to a bowl game could mean the difference between uh, an updated locker room or um, you know uh, uh, your, your 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 equipment not having to, not having to come out of the actual school budget, especially if it's a state-run uh, college or something like that. So that goes a long way. So that that's a, that's a big part of it. But uh, what, what I wanted to say real quick about that same topic, because I love what, uh, what, what, what Ray and Buck said, but especially Ray, about, you know, a lot of these, these guys, you know, they got all these top recruits or whatever, and it should be like that. But to level the playing field, they need to take the gloves off and say, okay, well, if you're a mid-major or a private school, you should be able to pay kids. You should be able to outright pay athletes. Now, what would Nick Saban look like playing somebody like 
Tulane or Harvard or Princeton or somebody, and they got Najee Harris and all that because I'm telling you, them schools got money. They just don't spend a lot on on football, but they they loaded with cash. So if the NCAA will let them start paying these athletes, that'll level the damn playing field. Shit, Nick Saban has be looking like Ed Ogeron. <laughs> he getting his ass slaughtered. That is pretty interesting. <laughs> that is pretty interesting. I, I like that concept, Eminem. Yeah, you think about it. You think about it. Who, who? You think LSU want to fuck with Tulane's budget? See, them state schools, Alabama state schools, they they can't fuck with no private schools' budget, man. You know. Yeah. You got to think. You brought up a good point, Eminem, because you got to think about it like this: those private schools got way more money than a Florida State yeah. or, you know, any yeah. school. Now, granted, Florida State, they got money because, you know, we know after last year, when you got $30 million on the football field from boosters, we know they got money. But you mess with Tulane or you mess with one of these private schools, right. they make that $30 million look like $0.30 cents and, and, because and they got way like, more money. And just like uh, I, I give something my cousin can relate to, Man, now, you think Ray Rice would have went to Rutgers if if, if the NCAA say, okay, well, Princeton, y- y'all can just straight up pay this dude? Shit, they'd never get no guy like that. No public school would. Yeah, but see, That's the thing about them schools, though, you got to make the grade up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah. I'm just saying, though, if, the if, if they let them pay, if they let them pay, yeah. see, and see, one thing about a private school, they really can make their own rules, too. That's true. That's very true because Man, if, you see if a, they were able, you'll see a big shift. I you say you'll see a you'll school see like Vanderbilt come up real quick. Yeah, they be looking like yeah. Ed Ogeron. Then uh, uh, a lot of people look at uh, like Northwestern's, you know, grade requirements is way higher than a lot of uh, uh, Big Ten colleges or whatever. But shit. Man, you, you, you give them an open checkbook. The Paul or somebody like this, hey man, you you know you ain't got to worry about it. Shit, a lot of people looking like Ed O'Dron. You're like, damn man, what happened to my team? <laughs> All right, good point. All right, so we'll go ahead and shift to the Open NFL. Up. Get into the NFL. Uh, trade deadline is come and gone. They had a few moves that were made, a couple of decent moves. Um. Now, one noticeable cut I saw, Vic Beasley got cut from the Titans. And Vic Beasley, he, he was he's like the Scott Mitchell of of defenses, man. Y'all remember Scott Mitchell with the Detroit Lions had that nice yeah. little run yeah. and made all that money and uh-huh. took it from the Dolphins? Vic Beasley yeah. made a whole contract off of that one game against Dallas where he had like six sacks. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad linebacker by any means, but He's definitely had not the worth the money that he's been paid, and now he's on the market. So, um, I mean, it could be a nice little pickup for somebody looking for just um, an edge rusher. But let's go ahead and get into what stood out in week eight for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons, as far as people who weren't on your team that uh, you thought stood out. And, Ray, I'll start with you, man. Who stood out for the right reasons? And who stood out for the wrong reasons that wasn't a Las Vegas Raider? Oh, man, I want to say that kid, man, D.K. Metcalf. I mean, right now, to me, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. 
that that is actually playing. So, I mean, you could throw D. Hob in there too, but that kid Metcalf, he just like Julio Jones, but on steroids. You know, he's strong, he's fast. You know, he looked like he want to get better and come out and 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 really did his thing. And he and he get to the point where he could single handedly take over a game by himself as long as he got somebody to throw him the ball. Because AJ Brown, I thought AJ Brown was a little bit better last year. But coming into this year, AJ Brown is still playing Pro Bowl football, but that Metcalf man, he's special. Staking it out for all the wrong reasons is that damn Daniel Jones. Man, you know that he blew some, some opportunities. Plays, he some of them plays we shouldn't have done no worse than that. I mean, he's throwing it right to the man, and you know he cost him last night. I think Tampa Bay came in sleepwalking and you know wasn't taking these guys seriously, and they almost lost the game to you know Tom Brady gonna do what he do once you know the game was in reach and. You know, but Daniel Jones, he just messed things up. I mean, he has talent, but he's not utilizing that talent the way it needs to be used. He's making too many mistakes. And, you know, he's going to have to do something because if the Giants be on the clock and they're in the top five, they're going to come away with one of them quarterbacks, I believe. You know, unless somebody offering three first rounds or something to move down and take one of these other guys. Fields or Trevor Lawrence, you're going to have to give up five to get that spot. I believe five first rounds to get that spot. But New York City and all that kind of stuff, they're going to get them a quarterback. He's going to start playing some ball. So I say D.K. Metcalf and, and Daniel Jones for all the wrong reasons. All right. Yeah, Daniel Jones had like five big plays he could have made last night, and I think he missed out on about three of them, and uh, including the two-point conversion. He was so late throwing that ball, that man came open immediately, and he sat there and stared him down before he threw the ball. And but who stood out for you, and who for the right reasons and the wrong reasons, who's not a stealer? Well, who stood out for the right reasons is JPP. Um, he actually had a really good game last night. Um, get, you know, he's been through a whole lot from blowing his hand up, becoming night crawler to having a bad car accident. Um, you know, this man has come, you know, he's had to come back from adversity a lot during his career because that car accident damn near killed him. And for him to be out on the field last night and him making the plays he was make, making, I mean, this is a man that's come back from two, you know, major deals. And he was out there playing really well last night. So he really kind of stood out for me, JPP. I mean, he just he, he's still doing it. Uh, who stood out for the wrong reasons? This is him Green Bay Packers. I don't. I, I mean, how do you go up there and lose to Minnesota? Minnesota just ran the ball down their fucking throat. I mean, they took them out. Uh, I know they're playing, you know, and, and, and not only did they beat them, they beat them in Green Bay. Um really kind of shocked me because I was watching that game along with the Steel game, and I was like, what's going on up there? I mean, Dalvin Cook had had a, had one of those clinic games where he was just 
you know, he looked like he was souped up, you know, like like in Super Tech and Bowl three or some shit. I mean, he had all the attributes. He was just killing them, and Green Bay had no answers. And that's a division game, too, so, you know, so the whole Green Bay team just getting whooped at home was, you know, something that really kind of stood out for the wrong reasons, but JPP stood out for the right ones. All right. Eminem, what about you? Who stood out for the right reasons and the wrong reasons who wasn't an eagle? All right. For the for the right reasons, um, for the right reason, I just got through dissing his coach or whatever, man, but I got to give props to Joe Burrow because uh, he – he he he's making a uh a, a solid foundation on, on 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 this with his name and everything and that's how you do it. That's how you do it. I mean, uh if I'd have had money betting on the game, I lost my ass betting that Cincinnati was going to beat Tennessee, but uh especially with a rookie quarterback. You know, it ain't so much uh nobody can't stop Derrick Henry, they they didn't stop him, but just just uh Tennessee's defense is a lot better than a lot of people think, and um, I'm familiar with, uh, pretty familiar with uh, one of the players with Jeffrey Simmons. He used to be with Mississippi State. He was a beast and still doing good in the NFL too. So, uh, but yeah, Joe Burrow did his thing, man, and he took advantage of uh, uh, of opportunity. And see, that's how you jail in a locker room, you know, uh, you know, just not letting everybody down. And uh, my first choice for for this players was going to be Daniel Jones. My second choice was going to be Green Bay defense. So my third choice, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson, man. He uh, he uh, he didn't look comfortable the first whole part of the game, especially the first uh, quarter of the game. He looked he looked like he didn't even have a clue. He was even in the command of the offense whatsoever, just forcing shit and indecisive. It just didn't look comfortable. So, uh you know that's inexcusable when you uh you know coming off a, a successful year or really two years considering the playoffs uh but you know you got to do better than that and especially in a, in a in a meaningful game like that with all the marbles and stuff cuz it wasn't like uh and I know you know of course Buck going to talk about Pittsburgh in a minute but it wasn't like uh initially that that was one of Pittsburgh's best games it was more so they just took advantage of what Baltimore gave them. Now, toward the end of the game, they started kind of, you know, clicking a little bit. But it it it, it didn't look like some of the games they had played early in the year. But you know, uh, Lamar basically single handedly basically fucked that up and got off to a bad start. All right. Well, uh, I got to give credit to Pat Mahomes. He's kind of one of those guys, kind of like. Um, like Michael Jordan, you know, you don't give him the, don't give him his profit because you're so used to him doing it. But doggone, thirty-one of forty-two, four hundred and sixteen yards and five touchdowns. That dude showed out. And as far as who I gotta give, um, who stood out for the wrong reasons, it's gotta be Baker Mayfield. I mean, he had twelve completions against the Raiders. He he has more commercials than he does completions. Twelve for twenty-five, one hundred and twenty-two yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He was just ineffective, you know, didn't really show anything. And while we're talking about this game, Ray, the Raiders won 16-6. to It was a tough, tough game. It was kind of sloppy at times. Well, I ain't going to say it was sloppy. 
it was just kind of, I don't know how I want to put it. Just, I don't want to say it was defensive oriented because it, I ain't going to say it was just that. It was just the offenses appear to be ineffective at times. And then the Raiders just, I mean, they ran the ball. So I guess it was kind of a ball control type thing. Maybe that's what kind of slowed the game down. It wasn't very explosive as far as the offense, but the Raiders went on the road and handled business, man. 10 points in the fourth quarter to win 16 to six, to go to four and three, to drop the Browns to five and three. And uh, who looked good to you for the Raiders and who needs to do a little bit more? Well, I think uh, Josh Jacobs looked real good, man. I mean, he's had an excellent season. They said, well, he didn't get off the start he did last year and stuff like that. But we got to realize that this year, Richie Incognito has been hurt all year, maybe since the second game. And then you got Trent Brown, who was a pro bowler, they can't seem to stay on the field. I mean, he had some kind of freak accident. I still don't quite understand what it's about. They say he got oxygen in his blood or something when they tried to give him some type of treatment, and he wasn't oh, able yeah. to play. So. He was getting an IV, and they got air in his veins. You know, that can be fatal. So I don't know what it is about the AFC West and you all's doctors, but y'all need to tighten up, man, because they're trying to kill Tyrod Taylor, and now they're trying to do something to your boy. Yeah, I mean – and and I didn't know what it was about when it, when it first happened. He said he was playing, and he said he wasn't playing. I didn't know whether it was something that he did wrong or it was something that something else had happened when the game ended. Then the story started coming out and stuff like that. But I mean, if we get all offensive line together, I I can't think of besides maybe Indianapolis. I can't think of nobody that's better. You go across to Rodney Hudson at center. You know, Richie Incognito, Gabe Jackson, um, you know, uh, Colton Miller on the left tackle and Trent Brown on the right. So it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's hard to beat that because Colton Miller did a heck of a job on uh, Miles Garrett to get in the game too. I know Miles Garrett kind of banged himself up, but, yeah, I think he got one script sack or something like that, but, Man, the block Miles Garrett, to me, that's one probably the hardest assignment in the NFL right now because he come off that edge kind of like Vaughn Miller did when he was in this line. So, you know, uh, who else? Henry Ruggs, they're not using him right. You know, Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. You know, he lives the ball up there, you know, he's throwing probably seventy three, seventy four percent or whatever. He always in the top of the league there. But to me you need to be able to go down the field. Then when you're going down the field, you overshooting them like they not practicing together or something. So you know, overall our defense played the best game of the year because our defense was our Achilles heel all year. But the guys really showed up Sunday, and, you know, I'm proud of that because Paul Gunther, they was like, well, hey, when are you going to lose his job? Because they just run up and down the field on us. But, you know, they got it together Sunday. I hope it lasts because I think we have a lot of talent on defense. We just got to put it all together. And, you know, I'm proud we was able to go get the win and, you know, Hopefully we can keep it going. 
Okay. I had over 200 yards rushing, had the ball for 37 minutes. And um, yep. when Cleveland had the ball, they just couldn't do anything with it. Couldn't do anything with it. Josh Jacobs, 31 carries, 128 yards. I like to see that, man, running back with 31 carries. That's a man's game right there, 31 carries. Yep. Yep. And so, all right, Buck, your Steelers are 7-0, and and they beat the Ravens 28-24. to Ravens dropped to 5-2. and And y'all had control of the game. Ravens tried to get in a little bit late. Um, I mean, it was 17-7. They had to get a field goal. I'm sorry, the Ravens were leading 17-7 when they got a field goal before the half. Then you all took control in the second half, and you were able to pull it out 28-24. to And, Buck, who stood out for you with Pittsburgh, and who needs to step it up a little bit? Robert Spillane. He's still playing big, man. I mean, getting that pick six early in the game on the first possession Cleveland had was huge. Um, and, and, I mean, he ended up getting the fumble at the end of the game. So, I mean, Robert Spillane is playing very, very well. He's playing at a high level. I mean, he's no Devin Bush, but, man, he's really getting noticed. I mean, he's, yeah, they he's, got he's getting his ass off. He's yeah, playing his ass played. off, man. I mean, we hated, we let Dirty Red go up to Buffalo. Um, and I was going like, well, who's going to take, you know, who's going to be backing up Devin Bush and, and Williams? And it was like Robert Spillane, so, you know, checking him out, you know, doing preseason. I was surprised. And I was going like, this kid can play. I mean, he was on the team last year. And he can play, man. I mean, he playing lights out. Um, but as far as, who really needs to step up? I mean, we still we, – us as a team, yeah, I know we won the game. We still got things that we need – you know, there's still things we need to clean up. Um, you know, we can play cleaner. It's one, you know, we, we still haven't – you know, it's either – it's a mixed bag with us. Either we're going to start off slow and finish fast or finish fast and, and end slow. I mean, and granted, that gets your team battle-tested because you can win in different ways. But we, you know – we got Kansas City that, you know, if we make it to the playoffs and play teams like Kansas City or even play the Ravens again, we can't we can't have those lapses in games. So we still got – we're still not a finished product by no means. We still got a lot of work to do. Um, Attrition is another part of it because we lost some players. Uh, Tyson Lulu losing him in the first half really hurt because they were able to run the ball up the gut, but we were able to make adjustments which that's something that we haven't been able to do, but I think we got the right position coaches now where we can make adjustments in-game at half and even before halftime to, you know, keep us in-game. So, you know, we just need to play cleaner. I mean, we're winning games, and that's great, but I want us to be more, a little bit more dominant. Um, the running game was a little off. I mean, I like the, the way the receivers and the tight ends are playing, making big plays, but – just want to see us play a little bit cleaner. So, you know, we do play, you know, we're probably, you know, it's too early to really say, you know, what's going to happen. But right now we're still undefeated. We're getting the job done. And we can't, you know, we can't have lapses. You know, we played Dallas this, this coming week, but we can't have no that lapses in that game. We have, to, you know, any given Sunday you can get beat. So you just got to go out there with the mindset that you're going to blow the other team off the, off the face of the planet. And that's what we got to do. We got to have that more of a killer instinct is all I'm saying. So, but 
get win. You know, we've been in some heavyweight fights this last, these last few, three weeks. You know, we've beaten some teams with winning records, and, you know, we letting the league know. The road to the Super Bowl might have to go through Pittsburgh. All right. And so, Eminem, we'll go to you, man. And we both talking about the same game right here. Who stood out for right, you with right. the Eagles? And who needs to step it up a little bit? All right, I got some uh, – who, who stood out is uh, Brandon Graham. And uh, I got to give a little credit to Fletcher Cox too, man, because like I say – they was providing the pressure. Uh the whole the whole defensive front and the rotation to go with it provided a lot of pressure and you know, it made a unexperienced quarterback look like an unexperienced quarterback. So that's why I gotta you know, once again, I hate to be saying this damn every week, um who who need to step it up, you know, well Joy Malata gotta step it up too, but of course you know, he he getting beat off the edge quite a bit trying to fill in right tackle. Then sometimes he fill in with left tackle depending on who hurt. But uh but but Wentz holding the ball too long, too many fucking turnovers. I mean, we play in a team that absolutely sucked and of course it's a you know, rival game so it can go you know, sometimes the games might not go the way it looked, but uh, it's killing the continuity of the team. So what what I really liked about the defense is that the defense now going to have to just take control of the of the team and uh, until things just kind of settle down. Number one, we got to get healthy, but, but outside of that, you know, QB got to protect the football, got to do that because, you know, um, we we in good position to just kind of ride this thing and, backdoor our way into the playoffs, but we still got to, you know, take care of the ball and win the games we're supposed to win. And and uh, uh, having all them turnovers against anybody that wasn't that quarterback, who knows what the score would have been, you know, and I don't want to see that. And uh, and then, you know, having, that, having, having more turnovers than somebody with no experience, that ain't good. And, and uh, somebody really – even though it's just a technical thing, having more passing yards than you with no experience ain't a good thing. So that that's got to change. That's got to change. All right. Well, as far as who stood out for me, I thought that uh, Demarcus Lawrence had a complete game, and uh, he had six tackles, two quarterback hits, a sack, and a forced fumble. So it was nice. Yeah, to he see was killing Joe Bellotta. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who needs to – who stood out for the wrong reasons? Quarterback Ben DiNucci, man. I know he's new to the game and all, but, man, I have never seen such a deer in the headlights. That dude was getting hit right up the middle. Like, how can you fumble when you see the rush coming? Put the ball away. But the rush was coming right up the middle, man, and that dude act like he didn't know what to do. And he just stood there and just got the ball taken from him. He had two fumbles. And um, so from what I hear, Cooper Rush is going to end up playing on Sunday. And I'm like, Lord, I said, man, I'm just hoping we can get about three or four first downs. And so it may, it may be ugly on Sunday. We'll see what happens. So, shoot, why didn't they go with uh, Cooper Rush in the first place? Uh, Cooper Rush, if I recall, um, I don't think he was even on the team last week. Last week, because uh, they cut him before the season started. 
And I want to say he was on the Giants practice squad, and he got released from the practice squad of the Giants. So their backup was Garrett Gilbert, a guy that played in the AAF. And so now they brought Cooper in this week since he's familiar with the system, and he looks like he may get to start. Oh, okay. so, but I mean, it, it shoot, they can put me out there at this point. I mean, I, let me, real quick, and uh, this is just for whoever wants to answer, and try to keep it brief for me. Is Zeke the? Have we seen the best of Zeke? Does it like he's already on the way down? Well, I think if yeah. with the, with his offensive line being hurt, I think he's going to look different. I don't necessarily think he fell off. People think he fell off last year, but he had thirteen hundred yards. So, I mean. Although I don't think he run as well as he used to, I think we got to see what he looks like with that offensive line. The offensive line definitely makes a difference, but he just he just looks a little different to me. And maybe it's all the fumbling. Because of the fumbling, he just looks like he's not making that extra that extra wiggle I'm used to him doing. So maybe that's the main problem. Because I'm like at 25 years old, man. You supposed to be just getting started. With the offensive line problems that he has, sometimes as a player, you know, you have one player go down like that, then, you know, it kind of falls on Zeke on offense. So now he's trying to do too much because he's trying to try, you know, he's trying to play more or do more because, because of the absence of Dak Prescott. So I don't know. If you're trying to do too much, then you got a bad offensive line. That's how you you know you're not paying attention to protecting the football. You got to go back to basics. I think that's part of the problem that he's having. And if you if he keeps fumbling, you lose your confidence too. So there's a lot of factors working into why Dak doesn't. I mean, that Zeke doesn't look like he's looking like he, you're accustomed to looking at. So well, this is, I just hope he can. Pick it up a little bit, man. This is a guy that, even though I think he's had a great career so far, I expected more um, as far as more breakout runs, more long runs. I mean, his career long is 60 yards. You know, and when you think about guys like Derrick Henry being twice as big, having, you know, multiple 90-yarders and stuff like that, and and Zeke hasn't had a 60-yard run since – well, he hasn't had a run over 41 yards since 2018. So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I, I like 4.6 yards of carry. That's great. But uh, I just – it just seems like something's missing. I don't know. But like you said, it could be the line. So. Yeah, I told you. It's motivation, man. It's like he, it's, he, it's too much he, money you got to want it. You, you got to yeah. want it. All right. So, you know, let's take a peek at next week. And next week, we're going to week nine. First game we got up, Green Bay at San Francisco. Buck, who you like? Well, you know Aaron Rodgers don't like to lose twice. And and San Francisco is a team he really wanted to play for. So he seems like he always, you know, just goes in there with all the injuries that San Francisco has. He likes to really beat up on them. So I expect Green Bay to run up about 25 points on these fools. Shoot, San Francisco. Wish they had drafted him right about now. And Eminem, Giants at the Washington football team. Man, this this is a hard one to pick, but I'll 
I think the Giants might get lucky. I'm going to go with the Giants on that. All right. Ray, Denver at Atlanta. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm I'm going to have to take uh I'm I'm going to have to take uh Atlanta on this. Because I think they, 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 you know, when you get a new coach, you play harder. So they got Ryan Morris right now. And I think they're starting to clean up some of the messes that caused them to lose the ball games. So I got to take Atlanta on this one. All right. And Buck, Baltimore at Indianapolis. You know, I'm going to, this is a really tough one to pick. Um, I'm thinking Baltimore going to lose that second one in a row. I'm going with Indianapolis and the upset. All right. Eminem, Carolina at Kansas City. <laughs> oh, boy. Kansas City. Okay, that was a tough one. Ray, right. <laughs> Seattle flies all the way to Buffalo. Oh, that's a good metric. Buffalo Buffalo is going to play tough, but they still a young team. So I I got to go with Seattle. Seattle got that offense. If they get points hung on them, Seattle could hang forty on them too. So I had to take Seattle. All right, Buck Houston at Jacksonville. Who the Who the hell cares? Um. Take your girlfriend <laughs> out. Um, uh, I got to. I, I got to go with Houston. Um, you know, in this matchup. All right. And Eminem, Detroit at Minnesota. Well, if Devin Cook's playing, I'm taking Minnesota. Ray, Chicago at Tennessee. Ooh, it's gonna be gonna be a tough one. I mean, I think Tennessee can bounce back, so I'm gonna take Tennessee. All right, I'm gonna stick with you, Ray, with the Raiders at the Chargers. Uh, I'm gonna take the Raiders. I think that we we can beat the Chargers. The Chargers got a good young quarterback in Justin Herbert, but I think we got you know a little more of everything more than they do except defense. So I'm taking Vegas. All right. Buck, Pittsburgh at Dallas. Pittsburgh. I don't <laughs> have to say nothing else. <laughs> all right. Well, look, I'm going on record. You all got me on record right now. Dallas will score in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really confident in that, to be honest with you. I'm not really confident. Y'all, y'all do have they, their line. Y'all get a field goal. Uh, yeah, we can cross the 50. We can cross the 50. So, but if any reason, if Dallas pulled around and won this game, I mean, God, that would be like the biggest upset since Buster Douglas and Tyson. This is only the second time <laughs> Dallas has been a double-digit <laughs> underdog at home in, in the franchise history. So, I don't even remember the other time. All right, Eminem, Miami at Arizona. 
Oh, this, this should be an interesting the game. Rams. Yeah, it's it's really interesting game, but uh, I think Arizona gonna be a little bit too much for the newly assembled Dolphin team. So I'm going with Arizona. And Ray, the Saints at the Bucks. Ooh, man! I mean, conventional oh. wisdom say take the Bucks, but I think uh. It all depends on if they have Mike Thomas. They had Mike Thomas. Yeah, what's going on with him? Wallace. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, man, they, they paid him, and then he started getting into bullshit, fighting uh, teammates and, you know, talking about Breeze. And, you know, man, sometimes you just got to shut up, man, make your money. Because if he goes to another team, don't have a quarterback, them numbers are going down. I don't care. How good you are as a receiver. So. And speaking of fights, man, did y'all see Williams go in on um that Saints DB Sunday? Yes, yeah. Sir. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, he got in two hard shots on that dude. Yeah, he lucky he didn't break his hand on the helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he claimed first, he got spit on, but I don't know about that. Man, it seemed like it had to be something to make somebody go off like that, man. I mean, he just walked up to the dude, almost like he tapped him on the shoulder or something, and then he fired <laughs> off a shot, and he stunned the guy. The guy looking at him like, wow, did he just hit me? And next thing you know, yeah, here comes got... that second palm slap. Yeah, I mean, Deacon Jones would have been proud of that head slap. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, something happened. I don't know what it was. I don't know what he thought happened, but man, I just don't believe a man gonna go that hard in a game at that point of the game. And I, I mean, I don't know. If so, that man need anger management. If he went off and didn't from have what a good I reading. understand, from what I understand, with that supposedly the man spit on him. That's what I heard. I um, mean, I don't think that. Happened. I didn't see anything like, like that. Like I said, happen. if the wasn't the man spit on him or not, he thought that man spit on him to act like that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Good gracious. So all right, Eminem, last one. Game of the week, Eminem. New England Patriots at the New York Jets, Monday night. Ooh man, a barn yeah. burner. I think the Jets <laughs> might get their first win. This is crazy, but I'm gonna say the Jets, man. Okay, and Pale is Lou. it just me, or are you all starting to get a little? Is, is uh, Lewis Riddick starting to get a little long in the tooth, man? Man, when Lewis no. Riddick first, you know, when he got in the Monday Night Booth, I was all right <laughs> with him in week one or two, but now it's like he talks way too much, man. He reminds me of Booger McFarlane a little bit now, because half the time you forget yeah, Brian Greasy is even in there. Uh, the only uh, thing about Booger, I don't know. Booger I, I, I like Lewis, man. He be breaking anything. that shit down. I don't yeah, have a yeah, problem he, with yeah, Lewis. He's a good commentator. He breaks it down. He's a good commentator. He breaks it down. And besides that, I mean, it's, at least it's sensible. When Booger McFarlane talking, it's not sensible. And I can't even believe they put him on NFL <laughs> prime time, but I ain't paying for that shit to, to watch that fool. Cause I know he got to be garbage on NFL prime time. Yeah, but, they, but, but, uh, that, but half of that stuff is for his personality and stuff. They just like that type of shit, yeah. the nickname and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, McFarland needs to be seasoned. That's the reason they put his ass back, and you know, put him in the 
you know, in there with Susie Cobra and you see how things really run. But Man, he uh, might have been all right on Monday Night Football if he would have worn some mittens. That dude's fingers were distracting, man. That dude's fingers go (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, they look like arrows on a fucking uh, man. I I don't know what's worse. His I don't know what's more crooked. His fingers or Reggie Miller's bottom row of teeth. But that dude's fingers just go in all directions, man. And that was distracting to me. And he tried to talk with his hands and. I'm looking at him like he looked like he's holding up some bushes or something, man. It, it, I don't know what you say about that. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so let's go into um, some who am I's. I got one, two, three, four. I got like six of them for you. So, are right, y'all ready? Ready. About ready to go, be. All right. Five foot. Hold on, I didn't, I didn't hear from my returning champion. Ray, you ready? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, he like the 27 time returning champion. All right, five foot eleven, 190 pounds, wide receiver, drafted in the second, drafted in the second round in 2006 out of the U by the Chicago Bears. Steve Smith. Oh shit. But, you said that you. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm thinking Utah. You said you. Yeah. But you may know him mostly as a punt returner. Who am I? Oh, I, I know who it is. No, no. It's, yeah, uh, Eminem got it. The boy that, Devin DeVoris Hester. Okay. Yeah. All right, next one. Six foot four, 225-pound quarterback. Drafted in the second round in 2011. By the San Francisco 49ers out of Nevada. Who am I? Oh, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Rand Kaepernick. All right. I couldn't get it out. (laughs) I am a six foot two, 210 pound defensive back drafted in the second round in 1997 by the Green Bay Packers out of William and Mary. Who am I? Oh, shit. Uh, Leroy Butler. Oh, uh, Leroy Butler. No. Oh, Number 42. Damn. Damn. Oh. Five-time All-Pro, I mean, excuse me, two-time All-Pro. Made the All-2000 team, Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints in 2009. Had nine interceptions that year. Oh, shit. Oh God! Oh, Darius! Oh, uh, uh, oh. I mean, Darius! Uh, 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 Roman, Roman. Um, no, 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 not Roman, not Roman. No, the guy that's in jail right now. Yeah, nine interceptions, oh, three times in his career. Sharper, Darren Sharper, Darren Sharper, Mallory Sharper. All right, so everybody that. got one, right? Yep. All right, yeah. here we go. Number four. Six foot three, two hundred sixteen pounds. Quarterback drafted number seven overall in the first round in nineteen seventy nine out of Moorhead State by the New York Football Giants. Who I mean? Phil uh, Phil uh, Phil Sims. Phil Sims. Damn, damn, I gave it away. Damn, I said the wrong. Yeah, I think you gave it away. (laughs) Yeah. No, but the thing is, I said Darren and he said Sharper, so if you take one name, yeah, I still got that. Well, we, we, 
We take last names. We don't take no first names now. <laughs> All right. Phil Sims. Phil Philip Martin Sims, 65 years old. All right. I am a six foot. Well, we getting one. older, Phil Sims, 65. Damn. I know. You got that right. I'm a six foot one, 207 pound free safety. Drafted in the 11th. I'm sorry, drafted in the first round, number 11 overall. In 2018, out of Alabama by the Miami Dolphins. Who oh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Mika Fitzpatrick. Mika Fitzpatrick. Ray got that one. Ooh, I almost didn't get it out. I thought I got that, Q. Nah. No, come no, on, Ray. You two seconds behind. Last one. <laughs> Hold on, what's the score? Two, three, Me, Ray got one, one more than I do. I got two. I got one. I got the first one. Eminem has you one. I know that. All right, last you. one. Definitely has yeah. Here we All go. Right. Six foot two, <laughs> 220 pound wide receiver. Drafted in the first round, number 24 overall, in 2010 out of Oklahoma State by the Dallas Cowboys. Who went? Uh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant. Desmond DeMond Bryant. All right, so Ray retains his title. <laughs> hey, y'all were a little more competitive this week. Y'all made them work this week. <laughs> he had to work. All right, so we'll get into some this or that, and then we'll shut this thing down. And, okay, so just to remind you on how we do this or that, I'm going to give you two players. Both players are in their prime, okay? And you tell me which one you want to take to start your franchise. And I'll start with with Eminem on this one. Eminem, Luke Keekley or Patrick Willis? Ooh, I ain't playing Luke Keekley week, but Patrick Willis, man, that that motherfucker boy. Yeah. Anybody can play a whole season with a cast on their arm in college. I mean, it, that's a linebacker, linebacker. Patrick Willis. All right, Ray. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Willis, man. I think you got uh, eight years and, like, eight All-Pros or something like that. You got who Patrick Willis. Hall of Famer with a short career. Okay. And Buck? I got to go Luke Keekley, man. Anybody that's cerebral like he was when he played was just, I mean, he he knew the damn play as you were calling it. And, I mean, he was such a smart player. I mean, I miss watching him play, um, but I got to go Luke Keeper. Okay. All right. And, Buck, I'll stay with you. Tight end, Vernon Davis or Jimmy Graham in their prime? Ooh. Cannot win with him. Cannot work with him. Can't do it, Graham. <laughs> All right. Eminem, Vernon Davis, or Jimmy Graham? Uh, Vernon is, is a freakish athlete, but, but Graham was seen to be a, a better player, at least especially with the Saints. So I'm going to go Graham. Ray, Vernon Davis, or Jimmy Graham? Well, you saying the career, it would be Vernon Davis, but if it's in their primes, it's going to have to be Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was a top two, top three uh, 
tight end when he was with the Saints, so I had to get Jimmy Graham. Okay. And all right, Ray. Ricky Waters or Terry Allen? I'm going <laughs> Ricky Waters. Okay. And Buck, who you got? Ricky Waters or Terry Allen at running back? I might have to go Waters too. Eminem? Oh man. Uh I'm gonna have to man, I'm gonna have to be biased and, and go Terry Allen. He he's one of my absolute favorite running backs, man. So uh I, I love his style. He just couldn't stay healthy. Because uh, I love my boy Ricky Running Waters too, but I'm gonna go Terry Allen. All right. And M&M, defensive back, Joey Browner or Deron Cherry? Golly. Joey Brown is a much better hitter, but Deron Cherry covers better, and he's good when he subbed in sometime on special teams. I'm going to say Deron Cherry. All right. Ray? Joey Browner or Jerron Cherry? Jerron Cherry, hands down. All right. Buck? Uh, we ain't breaking no ties. We stand with Cherry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last one. Buck? Tory Holt or Reggie Wayne? Ooh, yeah. Damn. Wow. Got to go hope. All right. Eminem? Oh, man, I hate you got them matched up against each other because if I wasn't pulling so hard to get Hope in the Hall of Fame, I probably would say Wayne, but I'm going to say Tory Hope, man. That's my boy. Okay. Ray, who you got, Tory Hope or Reggie Wayne? I'm going with Tory Holt. I think Tory Holt, uh, although his career didn't last as long, I think he just won the best route runners to ever play the game. So I have a Tory Holt. All right. That's going to do it for this week. This is that. And so last thing I got real quick, and Eminem and – well, I don't know if that that was you I talked to about an Eminem or somebody else just recently about the start of the NBA. And just real quick, when do you all oh, yeah, think be me. the best time to start the NBA? I mean, all money aside, I mean, we know if they started earlier, they made more money. But money aside, as far as the players are concerned, as far as what will work out best for TV viewership, you know, like not competing against the NFL or something like that, when do you think the best time to start the NFL is? That's for whoever wants to answer. <laughs> well, I, I say what I say is Sunday, man. I say I think February is, you know, and then uh, let it end about uh, late July, August, and championship be like the first part of September, and then it'll kind of get back on track in 2022. After all this shit, hopefully over with, kind of over with anyway. Anybody else? No, I think February would be fine. I mean, that way you're not competing with the NFL. You haven't, you know, the the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, you know, you really, I mean, the only other people you're going to be competing with in February is NASCAR, which they compete against anyway. So I would say, you know, starting February, maybe after the Daytona 500, and, you know, I would play maybe like 20 games, do the all-star break, and then, you know, finish up the season. I mean, I don't think there should be a full season by no means, but get as full as you can get. You know, don't have, you know, I don't know what, I forgot how many games the NBA normally plays on a regular season. Eight, I think it's but, like 72, uh, ain't it? Something like 73. 72, 73. 82, 82. 82 games. So maybe play 62 games, you know, and, and kind of cut it down a little bit so they, can, so they can kind of get back on a normal schedule for 2022. But uh, I would have to go 20 games, all-star break, and then, you know, finish up the season. So that way, that, sem- t- that September date that that um, Eminem was talking about could be into fruition. That way you're not running into the baseball, you know, playoffs and hockey playoffs and all that other shit too. So in the startup of the NFL. So that'll be kind of get them back on track. Oh, I would say they plan on getting started, I think, December 22nd. They still have to vote on it. But um, I think December would be good. The NBA plays against the NFL every year anyway. It ain't like this is this is something new. So, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, let them start out in December. If they want to break it down to 70 regular season games then, they they can do that, but what is the solution if they start in December? Last time they were in the bubble. They come out of the bubble. It's gonna be guys going in and out just like football. So I, I I really I really don't know. But try to have some sports. They gonna to have to do the right thing, and and you know guys will have to stay in more and stuff like that. So I don't know. And with all the teams, how could they possibly go to a bubble again? So that's the question that's going to be asked too. So I don't know, you know. But that that was my thoughts on February to try to do it with uh, without like a bubble thing. Just kind of, I don't know, just more regional games or something like that, and like a semi bubble, I guess. Maybe a regional, yeah, like a regional bubble, maybe like yeah. You have your, you have some of your teams like play. Like your so, like you wouldn't you wouldn't have like the uh, the Celtics play down there in Charlotte, Golden State, and all. I mean, you you wouldn't see that stuff until it was necessary. Right. Your West Coast team kind of play in L.A. You know. But how is that? How is that going to be fair? Nobody wants to see some of these conferences guys play in conference or play each other more than four times in a year. And if they in the bubble in one place and in the bubble in the next place, I don't think that'll work because either way you're gonna to have to travel sooner or later. All right, I but when you do I, travel, I it'll be it'll be meaningful games. It'll be like playoffs or uh, something like that. It won't that way. I, I just don't want it to start and stop. That's my thing. Yeah, we don't want what happened this year to happen next year. Yeah, but I, but I so I, got to come up. With something. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see nothing being normal in 2021. I don't think it's going to be like it was in 2020, but I'm I'm skeptical of, of, of uh, 2021 being totally normal with just the regular the regular uh, format. Exactly. 
All right. All right, fellas. Well, that's going to be a wrap. Get in here and take a look and see what's going on with this election. I, you know, I didn't want to do the election show tonight because I feel like it'd be too much going on on TV to really pay attention. So I figured I'd do a wrap-up show for the election tomorrow. Um, So we'll do that tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern. But that's going to be a wrap for the Very Unsportsmanlike Conduct. I mean, excuse me, Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. (laughs) Catch the show at anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards because that's what you get for Very Unsportsmanlike Conduct. All right. You guys have a good one, fellas, and um, hopefully I'll holler at you all tomorrow on on the live show. All right. All right. Peace out.